Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to a special live stream episode event with the Dames of Destiny, Safe Gamers, and Focus Fire Chat. With this episode, we were wanting to focus on some of the more prominent female figures from within the lore of Destiny, a group that, uh, well, we have come to refer to amongst ourselves as the Ladies of Light. Of course, it helps if I introduce the group so you know who's who. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 On stream today, we're joined by a group of amazing guardians from across the community here. First up, we have the one and only Morcori, or Mori. Mori, how's the weekend been for you so far? Weekend has been pretty good. Uh, I went through a hike, or to a hike this morning, and my husband made me walk up a whole bunch of stairs, which on Pokemon Go, there was a Pokestop for it, and they were called the Stairs of Doom. So... That yeah, that that wording. that I just woke up and got a cup of coffee, so I I don't I don't understand how you were up earlier than that. You're, you're I you're I was a, up at six. That's unnatural. Actually, no, it's not unnatural. That just sounds like that sounds like my week days with a three year old. Because when, <sighs> when you have a three year old, you get up whenever they get up because you don't want them breaking <laughs> stuff. That's true. Uh, next up is a good friend and one of Focus Fire's resident experts on all things Portal, DJ Cant- Catnip. DJ, how's the cat? How's the uh, how's the cake over there? The cake is still a lie. Um, as are anything rainbow cake related uh, that has been. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, oh, are you talking about that Starbucks? Uh, but it's drink? still still a lie. Are you talking about that? Yes, Starbucks because it or... tastes apparently like, which one of my friends described. As, yes, that's exactly it. And they described it as the taste of birthday cake and sorrow. It just looks so, disgusting. Yeah, that's it looks fun. and sounds like a terrible <laughs> idea. Someone it was ex- pretty good. What? Yeah, oh, okay. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You actually tried this I just this don't want to see through the fourth dimension, so I haven't tried it. But yes, yeah. I tried it. So it was. So the pink part is a mango smoothie, which is actually really, really delicious. See, that, and I hope that part keep. sounds good. That part sounds good. It's the next part that doesn't sound pleasant. Yes. The blue drizzle, which is a uh, like it tastes like a sweet tart mixed with a warhead. And that part is nasty. And they want you to mix the two together. So pro tip, don't mix the two together. <laughs> also, don't get the sprinkles on top because the sprinkles look beautiful super sour like they just crush up warheads and put it on there i know i dr- uh, yeah well anyways <laughs> <laughs> last last but definitely not least is the infamous silver loki silver I, I i made sure pins is in chat so we're good to go on that that side um it's about time we got in a stream together yeah um, it's been kind of a work in progress hasn't it yeah it really has how's the how's the week been treating you it's it's been good um pretty fairly relaxing got to actually do some baseball practice with my little brother nice. yesterday before uh our parents went out to go celebrate their anniversary so that was that's probably the highlight of the week right there so the next the next uh i guess next gamer achievement for focus fire is to get you and pins on the same live stream together. Is Let me get like, my Xbox. One is that, first is that, that like, happen. is that like, you know, the little poop, poop 
bleep bloop, 10,000 achievement points achieved because. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. Well, of course, we have a intro to run through real quick. So let's get that out of the way. And then we're going to jump into the conversation. Before we launch into the discussion, I, of course, have a few quick notes to run through. The Dames of Destiny is an all-woman clan dedicated to creating a fun, safe, and supportive environment to women of all walks of life. They currently have over 2,800 members across four consoles and will be expanding into PC come the release of Destiny 2. One of the great things about the Dames is that they have a mentorship program which teaches the mechanics of Destiny, not just sharpening. This weekend, the Dames are having a fundraiser to raise money to make their booth at GuardianCon 2017 that much more awesome. If you cannot give, don't worry. Just spread the word and hang out in the chat. There will be some links in chat also to give you some more information. As some of you might already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10 p.m. Central, our team gets together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Now, with all that being said, I'm actually going to turn control of the conversation over to Maury. Maury, how would you like us to start off with a discussion of these ladies of light? Thank you for the intro, Blue. So when we talk about the ladies of light, we're talking about the big three women that impact modern destiny. Mara Sov, the late queen of the Awoken, Ikora Ray, the warlock vanguard and all-around badass, and Eris Morn, the mistress of Hive Secrets. Uh, there are very few events in the modern Destiny timeline in which we play that are free of these ladies' impacts. So today, we're going to be switching things up from the normal Focus Fire chat format that some people in uh, Twitch might be used to. We're going to be doing this a panel-style discussion where we're going to focus on about three and a half questions about these ladies, and then we're going to have some dedicated time at the end to answer questions from chat. So if you're worried that you're going to forget your question by the time we get there, tweet at the dames using hashtag dameslore, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on that throughout the stream. So put your questions there. Super excited. But before we really get started, we need to set some guidelines. One, this is not about Osiris in any way, shape, or form. Two, I'll try, I'll try to keep, keep it in line. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm watching you. Uh, <laughs> Two, we're never going to be able to know everything, and at times we're going to be ne needing to make assumptions, so just roll with it. And then three, there's no way we're going to be able to cover all the Grimoire cards pertaining to this lady, so as we chat about specific bits of the lore, we're going to try our best to say which card that came from. And if you do the exclamation point FCC command in chat, you're going to be able to get to the mind maps that we are using. So let's get ready to ramble. I'm super excited. So here's our first question and a half. How would each of these women balance the pursuit of power and their responsibilities? DJ or Silver, you want to take you want to take first first stab at that one? I actually was just worth thinking about that one a few like earlier this morning. And um, looking at all three of them really think about how they balance power in, in a very quick to reference way. 
is via uh, well, and I apologize for taking it slightly out of Destiny for a second. Very different comic book characters. Marasov is to say like the Phoenix, as Eris Morn would be say to Doctor Strange, as Ikora Ray would be say to someone like Storm. You have Ikora who has a massive amount of power, but a greater sense of responsibility, despite her rather, you know, chaotic upbringing, her chaotic youth. You have Eris, who just found this power, this kind of knowledge and lore, this knowledge and power was forced on her. Not entirely convinced that she's dead. I'm also not entirely convinced that she's get the feeling that she is is much more than we have been led to believe uh, what happened with oryx was maybe just a way of her just shucking a skin as it were but that's really spin spinfoily but kind of, kind of like a her, snick right a snick yeah yes <clears throat> but but that's but that's the way i kind of see it is mara is just power incarnate and she cares less about what she does with the power and more about how she rules or maintaining control over a territory, I guess. Um, kind of like the way I had to view it today. Silver, what about you? DJ's right. Mara is definitely more of the, she's, she's power incarnate. You get a great example of it in the first cutscene from Taken King when her and the Teshuns unleash that giant amount of energy on the Dreadnought. Ikora, yeah, she's powerful, but her a lot of her power comes from knowledge. And she believes that that knowledge that she has gained from the Hidden and her own pursuits as a Praxic Warlock is... That's where all of it lies. To her, all knowledge creates a greater power than pure brute force. And she believes in using it much more responsibly than I think either of the other two ladies. She's very af- not afraid, but very cautious at unleashing it. Eris, I've, I've honestly got no- nothing on Eris. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just a spinfoily hole that I'm not going to go down at the moment. That's oh, you don't want to go down into the pit. I've gone down into the pit. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, (laughs) no, I think, I think that's actually really, really accurate. I mean, the three for me, you know, just personally, the three of them kind of, kind of resemble different, I guess, different aspects of how to do the balance. Mara is more of a political powerhouse. Like she, she's very, um, she's a very Machiavellian figure. We talked about that a little bit actually last night with the, the update that we did with the Awoken and especially with Aldrin, you know, with his whole, his whole recent development. Um, and then Ikora, Ikora is political as well, but is a, is more of a, I, I, I hesitate to say even keeled, but she is more balanced in, Whereas Mara is, Mara is about protection and seeking and like accumulating power to protect. Ikora seems to be, uh, um, assimilating knowledge and making sure that the power and responsibilities are balanced. And, you know, that's one of the things with the Stormcaller, the Stormcaller quest that you kind of get is her, her unease at a person so young, such as our guardian, 
getting so much power so quickly because there's a there's a sense of if you don't have to learn through exposure and experience and you know time that power can be misused and that is something that she has seen you know she she's been around i know Maury's going to get mad at me but she's been around through Osiris through Toland um you know <laughs> there's there's even hints that she knows the story of Yor i mean you know and as well as she's on speaky terms with Malfer um you know so she's seen the corruption potential of power and glory and all that um and then Eris Eris is the Eris is almost the exact opposite of both of them. Uh, whereas, you know, Mara and Ikora are very cognizant of the political balance of things. Eris is really just power. She is really, it seems to be, she kind of skews what people think about what's going on and just uses her power to, to achieve her ends. Um, you see that in the, I mean, and definitely in the, basically the genocide that she makes us perform against the hive. Um, you know, regardless of what you, if you agree or disagree with what we did there, it, it was genocide. Like, I mean, it was, it was basically Eris being like, no, I'm pissed off and we're going to kill every single one of them. Um, and then in the, in the recent card with her leaving the tower, uh, when she's talking to the genocide scribe, the, uh, you know, she, she is, she's not running, she's searching. And the thing is, is that she views the entire, you know, layout of the city and the traveler and all that. She calls it a lie. So I, I think that they each have a different focus on what needs to be balanced. And DJ, I know you probably have something. Well, I mean, it just, it just dawned on me while we're thinking about them and the different roles, especially as you were saying, like, uh, Ikora values knowledge, you know, over just accumulation. You know, Mara is, I think we're all on the same page there. Mara is just power incarnate and mm -hmm. maintaining it. And Eris, well, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Eris, but the, the immediate thing that just came to mind was, how does that overlay with the three queens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could one be the queen of the queen of armies? I would. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really out there, but it does line up with the whole idea of three queens because we don't other because other than Ikora, we really don't have another female character in the tower with significant political power other than Lakshmi, but she's not even a leader. She's just a representative. Yeah, and I don't Ikora, think I would yeah, she's argue on that. the periphery. Yeah, I would argue Lakshmi doesn't really even want. She she doesn't really. I mean, she likes secrets, but she doesn't really care for. She doesn't really care what the vanguard's doing. I mean, she she does insofar as it affects what they're doing, but she's like you know. Rainbow Death Squad yeah. doesn't really care about anything other than war. So. Yeah, pretty much. Color coordination, sir. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Ikora is really the only woman in the tower that we have right now with significant political clout and, uh, paracausal ability. So, where it kind of lines up, maybe I'm overthinking it, um, with the, the whole idea of, of the three queens. So. 
Well, I don't think you're far off. So, I mean, Eris is the big question mark in this. Ikora mm-hmm. and Mara both have defined places within the Destiny universe, but Eris works for Ikora as part of the Hidden. She's one of the members of the Spy Master's web, if if you were. And then she also works for the Queen in some sense. Like, there's cards that allude to that she's had secret meetings with the Queen. They talk about the hunter without a ghost. Uh, that sort of thing. So, I think Eris, above everything else, values safety. And she'll find safety with whoever holds the most power. So, I think she would play all sides of the game against each other in order to keep herself safe. That's, That's kind of where I see her fit into this. You forgot problem. one of the most important people she worked for. Or works for. True. Osiris. True. <laughs> yeah, the it's legit. Did, it's I, legit. I, I, I can do it without getting in trouble. Okay, continue. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just the thing is, I think the 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 other thing about Eris that makes a lot more sense as far as this comparison of power is we are seeing, whether we're seeing the rise and fall of a hero or a villain or even an anti-hero, um, as far as an archetype goes, in charge. Mara Sov, we come in, she's in charge. Eris, the first time we see her, she's only even allowed to hang out on the tower balcony with her ship tethered to it. The next expansion, we've shoved her, shoved her under the stairs like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But without the so stairs. So I noticed, I was like, oh god, she's our Harry Potter. <laughs> she went. She went from a poor... Broke mental, well, some would still argue, mentally broken, traumatized, powerless hunter to a hive. I'm just going to say it. She, she's a hive sorceress now. We watched a gra- we watched her power increase over the course of this game from being just a victim to now being a major player. Yeah. And I, agree with that. I, I could easily see any of her connections as a hidden as a spy for the queen, as maybe even, um, you know, like a bird on Osiris's shoulder. Um, all of those just being anecdotal to her finding herself eventually. And that's the other thing is I don't think she, unlike Mara, unlike, uh, any of the other big power players, I don't think she set out with a goal. I think it was just kill hive, kill hive, kill hive. And then suddenly, Oh, I can now really go wipe the hive out of existence. She found her purpose. She found her place on the chessboard. And now she's going to start playing the game versus just letting others play it. She also has the ability, she also has the ability to blink. So Eris is a blink dog. (laughs) She's a fraggle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's a, that's a tangent. I'm not going to let myself go down. It's it's interesting that how you talk about like the chessboard, how she's becoming this major player, yet she resigns herself to secondary roles in lots of things. So I'm really curious in what if she survives into Destiny Two, because the the talk on the street is we need somebody to die, someone significant to die to make give death meaning, to make it actually worth it. And I don't know if she'll die. If Mara stays dead, I hope she doesn't. But having Eris stay as in a pawn position is interesting. Well, in chess, what happens when a pawn makes it all the way across the board? That's true. She'll become a queen. Any piece. But 
she's still staying in those positions. I just view it as she she was playing checkers and now she's playing chess. She was like, you know, just basic survival. Because, I mean, that's the thing with Eris that that is so fun to talk about with Eris is, you know, getting getting into the mindset of her is is amazingly just it it's it's amazingly complex because i mean at the same time that eris has this like giant like this this giant plan or whatever she also she has severe ptsd i mean like let's just call it what it is there she she so is true. like she yeah. is so broken but at the same time she's also not I mean, you know, and so and that's where it's like, because I remember, you know, whenever whenever Morla talks about how she got into the character of Eris, she always kind of says that she's right on the edge of madness. And the question is, which way is she going? You know, is she going to is she going to tip over into into insanity or is she going to kind of actually manage to pull back and use that use that fury, use that wrath to fuel her her purpose her basic or what she views as her purpose which is you know for the most part eradication of the hive so i, th- I think I, eris eris is like one of my favorite people to talk about because there's so many there's so many different facets with her that are are within themselves fragmented in really interesting ways and they've really explored it that's the other thing is they they've really they don't shy away from really making her 3d as far as a character she's one of the few and i have to argue that she is one of the few characters that we have got a complete as you just put it 3d build yeah i would other than than, say like dregden your finally um, i mean there's there's well there's very few there's very few that we actually understand how those characters operate on their on the mental and emotional level oryx Dragon York, uh, and um, oh my God, Maya. Yeah. Even though Maya's not in PC, we understand how Maya. We actually got into that character. We understood what her worries were. And Eris, Eris is a beautiful character in the sense that we actually really understand her pain. Like we, you can't just go, okay, yeah, she's the crazy person in the corner. You're like, I really feel bad. What happened to her could easily happen to one of us. We see that really come alive in the Lost to Light mission. Because mm-hmm. we go down, yes. we go down, get Crota's, uh his soul fragment, and as we're coming back, we get those little broken pieces of communication through the ghost, and every time we get it, it's Eris. Yeah, she's, she's freaking free. out yeah. because it's it's exactly what happened to Ariana. And you see the PTSD, you see her teetering on the edge. You don't know if she's going to break because this is happening to us, someone she has grown attached to through all of the uh through the Crota missions. So we we've developed as a character, we've developed an attachment to her. And now it's in that mission she's about to lose another and then at the very end we see her reel it back in and pull us out from a seemingly unwinnable position where we are entirely outnumbered 
Well, I'm going to transition us to our point five question, because something that all came up in your guys' discussion was, you know, the pursuit of knowledge and having knowledge and using turning knowledge into power. So how have these ladies pursued knowledge and who has been the most successful oh. in utilizing the knowledge that they have? Oh, man. Um so I, I think I think the first the first part of the question, you know, how do each of them pursue knowledge, I think is kind of I mean, it definitely like you're kind of alluding, it definitely ties into that first question. Um Mara is a political like a, a um very, very political about it. And then Ikora is the quintessential well, she now is the quintessential warlock. I mean, she used to be very, very very anti-establishment, but um, and then Eris, Eris is Eris is the the one that's like, oh, this book's not allowed to read. Give it to me, you know. And she's like, she's she's all about the forbidden knowledge. Like, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. um, the uh, <laughs> as far as who's been most successful, I I'd almost argue that in each of their own aspects, they've all equally been successful. Um, which I know is kind of is kind of a cop out, but it, it's it's like comparing apples to oranges in my mind on that particular thing because each one, you know, going back DJ, going back to what your comment with the three queens, each of them have a different focal point that they're trying to go for, and I think they've for the most part achieved it. I mean, Eris now has powers again. Uh, you see that with the ghost fragment Eris Morn, where she actually is able to teleport herself now without invocations, um, which is a very important thing to note because, and I think it was, was it Lost to Light that she pulls us out or was that, that was yeah, a different. That was Lost to Light. It was, was, was the Crota funeral too. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. she never pulls us out of Lost to Light. Right. Yeah, you're she right. Transmet. It was the Crota funeral one. But I mean, if you remember then that, that required a big, like, big setup for her. Like, she had to build up to it. And yet, then in the Ghost Fragment Eris Morn that we just got with Age of Triumph, she just gone. Like, no, no setup, no invocation, no ritual. You know, it's a very, very interesting transformation, I guess, or evolution of her. Um, in, in the same card, she also just steps out of the shadows. Right. Kind of- yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Nightcrawler confirmed. You mean her sword world? Ooh. Why do you do this? Why I mean, do you do this? <laughs> I mean, she is the one yeah. who taught us as guardians how, how to, to become, become ascendant. So she does technically yeah. she does technically have something akin to a tomb husk that she carries around. That's well, it's huh? no. I mean, that makes sense. I I study um I study occultism in outside of you know my, my my gaming life and one of the things that i i've learned uh in what is commonly known as astral projection or you know uh, mm-hmm. out of body experiences is that uh one of the common practices within within that particular i don't want to call it skill set but one of those particular uh activities is as you are beginning to express yourself and learn more about how this particular power or skill works um you begin to create it's actually encouraged that you begin to create your own safe space that you can mentally project yourself to whether it be like you know kind of a quote-unquote happy place 
it would make sense coming from like so, from like a real world occultist position that Eris might have begun creating her own space as she's been exploring these powers. So I'm not saying Sword World confirmed, but now because you know Mori just now has me completely wanting to just research the hell out of that. But <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised if in the course of learning these powers, she may have created her own Sword Realm. The, uh, the other, she might have one up Mint. She might have one up Toland. Yeah, I was just about to say. The other thing is, is that I, makes perfect sense from a psychological standpoint too, because one of the things, one of the biggest things that you can do with PTSD is create a a control environment in which you know you kind of you see that a lot in uh, oh what was the TV uh bah, 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 Jessica Jones um, yes yeah. you see that yep. her her re or um her. Her, what is it? The streets that she grew up with, or she grew up on, is that what her control was? Yeah. Um. That that's a common psychological thing that you kind of like. You try to, you try to return yourself mentally to a place of of safety. And we, I'm going off what you're saying about the astral projection. That actually correlates really well with that because it's it's doing that psychologically and physically it, it, it's both it's you know in which you know going off the concept of astral projection if you if you look into astral projection that kind of is what astral projection is is a psychological slash physical projection of yourself you know outside um yeah that would be that's a really interesting that would answer a lot of what um what toland was was trying to accomplish too within the journal that we know of is how to create your own space. And the other thing, the other interesting thing, if you look down that rabbit hole just a little bit further is she's doing that without necessarily having a worm. So, well, does she have um, a worm now? Because the regicide quest, she's the one that takes the sword, right? No, she takes, Ah. no, she takes the the fragment of will breaker. She takes the crystal. She doesn't take the sword because the sword crumbles and she takes the fragment. I mean, it, there's the Eris has oh my gosh Eris has so much potential. So I feel like her stock is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Mars is kind of going down because we don't know where the hell she went. Right, Actually, uh, I think Mars is just kind of plateauing. I don't think it's necessarily going down. Actually, it might be going up a little bit with the new Aldrin card because it's true. It yeah. just might be. It's it's slowed. It's it's not it's not rising as drastically. That's just. I, I think we got really used to seeing her rise through the House of Wolves and at the very beginning of Taken King. And as we haven't heard much over the recent releases of Grimoire, it's kind of plateauing just because we're not hearing anything new. Right. I would agree with that. Um, the thing about Mara, this is. It, going to get very game of thronesy here so just just come with me on this journey i'm not going to go spin foil but um this is i think i even posted like something like this um a few weeks ago in the in the in the focus fire chat um out of the women i would say mara was the most successful who has been the most successful because when we first meet mara Sov, it's pretty much like get off my lawn oh you want to vex mine court okay well go get one even though you're the one who got it. it. She was not nice to us, is what I'll leave it at. 
<laughs> and then House of Wolves, House of Wolves comes around, and suddenly, where she is actually being threatened on a political level, she's being threatened by the Knight. And one I one of the most overlooked lines in the game, I feel, is when we're talking to the stranger, and she tells us to go see the Awoken. Oh yeah. In the battle of light and dark, everyone must pick a side. The mm -hmm. Awoken, Marisov and the Awoken in the Reef have been very happy just sitting there. We don't know the basis of her powers, the length of her powers. Maybe her powers rely on sitting on that border. But position where she was good. They were fine. The nine after she kind of trespassed, or Uldren trespassed on their territory, the Nine started pushing against her, so that's why she gave them Skolas. Then suddenly they released Skolas, forcing her. You've got all these other parties that are sitting out there, kind of not happy with what the Tower's doing. You've got Osiris, you've got Eris, you've got... Um, the, you know, and, and the Queen herself. So it would make sense that those three parties would come together and be like, and get it so the nine don't have anything over our heads. So, she does the battle. She does a big old sacrificial fight, but she, we know she's still out there. Been the most successful. She, I would say she's been the most successful because she's effectively gotten herself out of the control of the nine. The reef is doing what the reef is doing, and I don't quite agree with all of it, but now you've got the Aldrin card. And that tells me Mara basically had to fake her own death so she could reposition herself to maybe take more power from the Nine. That's a good point, actually. I totally agree yeah. with that. I, I think that even her in the fight against Oryx, she was trying to use them, or Oryx against the Nine. Mm -hmm. Because if we're thinking about space, Oryx coming into our solar system would have upset the Nine, and the Nine would have needed to respond. We kind of upset that plan. So... I think she was playing a very Caldestine card with what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, the, the whole thing with Mara, just like, yeah, I would, if, if I were her, I would have been totally faked my own death just to be like, yeah, we're not playing this game, guys. Sorry. <laughs> can, I'm not can, playing can by your rules anymore. Stop for a second. Anymore. Pause. Pens. I love you. You are amazing. And I love you. I love you, you too, Pens. I don't know why we love you, yeah. but we love you. Yeah. Yes. What pen? Oh. Pens is MVP of the stream. What? What? What did he say? I'm gonna have to go if, back and look at the chat. If she is not rising or falling, that means she is undergoing drastic changes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And and just to again go back into the we know the concept of pocket realities exist within destiny. And this is the other thing I, I'm kind of shocked we haven't seen a little bit more discussion on in, in some of the other communities, the uh, lore communities, is we know there's sword realms. Mm -hmm. We know the Vex can create time pockets. We, we actually do have the Black Garden, which sits out there and here, quote-unquote. Did. We did. Uh, it did. We, we kind of severed that connection. We know the Harbingers. We know the Harbingers exist in a pocket dimension. Just happened to find and get power from on a scouting mission, or they found and got power from on a scouting mission, around the rings of Saturn. 
powered by Harbinger power. I am solidly convinced she slipped into the Harbinger dimension. Yeah, definitely. And I think now we've spent a lot of time on question one and 1.5. Welcome to Lore Conversations. I know, right? So I'm going to push you guys to question two because DJ had a great segue to this. So we're talking about the Queen's power, where she went. We are 99.999% sure that she's still alive based on the new card that Mm -hmm. we posted in chat. And then... What is Eris's plan now? We we can make the assumption that they had talked prior to, well, once Oryx arrived. But what are their plans now? What are they doing? Oh man, mm. isn't that the isn't that the million dollar question? I'm I'm gonna get kind of spinfoily on it because I think they're both pursuing their own ends. They just kind of go along a parallel path. Because Blue, you're the one that said it that. The queen's going after the nine. Yeah. She's trying to take power from them. Eris doesn't give a d- she doesn't she doesn't care about the nine. She wants the hive. She wants to completely eradicate them after and, all they've done. And that makes sense, because what did we give her an entire like journal of over the course of Taken King? Like Oryx's genealogy. Yep. <laughs> he gave her a bounty list. <laughs> hey, hey, guess what? The person that really hurt you, here's their family. Oh, wait, so, you can teleport on top of that? Huh. That's That might be unfortunate for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that they're kind of paral- paralleling each other, because Eris is going to want to go after Zivoroth and Sabathun at some point. She's kind of building to that, while the queen go- wants to go after the power of the Nine. They're both going to get drawn out by the events that have been going on. Does they've, the they've nine exclude membership to the hive? Oh. Could, the, could the sisters be? <laughs> no, don't get me started on this. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> well, okay, so let, let me. My train, <laughs> my train of thought on this is the Savathun, you know, she was the more wizard warlike he of the three and she wanted knowledge above all else right? right so what do the nine possess if not the collective knowledge of the universe in what? various aspects uh, well and i, I, get, I mean, the, the reason the only reason i the only reason i'm making that that kind of noise is because the thing is we don't know i mean we we know that Osiris had dealings with the Nine. Uh, we know that obviously the Reef Awoken have uh, they're they're on a they're on a speaking relationship with the Nine at the very minimum. Um, you know because they they communicate with them. They've given them gifts. They have they have appeased their their wrath in different forms. Um, and we know that. The nine are interested in the tower and the guardians, but so far they've been beneficial interest. Uh, namely, if you've ever bought anything on the weekend from that really, really Cthulhu looking guy, you're, you're, you're buying stuff from the nine. Zur is an agent of the nine. He is their trash collector. Keep, you know, let that roll around in your head for a little bit. Um, 
The other thing is, and I remember this is like, this was one of the big questions from like really early on in Destiny was, and I think, and if I remember right, Zer has changed, but he used to be, you used to be able to purchase orbs or you used to use orbs of light to purchase things from him. I'm trying to remember. The currency keeps um, changing. You could use orbs of light to purchase. There was something you could purchase fragment? from no, him. There was something. Mo- yeah, yeah moats were moats were moats were part of the currency used right. to no, uh, no. to upgrade weapons from the year one version, well, from the vanilla version to the uh, dark yeah, below. That's it. Yeah, dark yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, like the the question there was always like, and I know like you can you can use moats of light to buy things from the speaker, which that's not a huge. I mean, that's not a huge surprise. They're in the tr- the the tower, so it's like okay, yeah, he's going to use light. But the question was always like. What what is going on with Zer? Why is why is he? And if you look at the description of the strange coins, uh, yeah, those are those are like spying bugs. Those are bugs that listen to things. Like if you read them, they they vibrate at a strange frequency and like are slightly warm. And Zer is very interested in collecting them. And what do you do with the strange coins? You carry them everywhere you go. You know, like it. It's, I remember talking to a lot of people who are like, yeah, it has kind of been, um, kind of been laid out in front of people that Zer is kind of spying on you and, and not, not necessarily, you know, just by, and, and then there's also the fact that no one can actually keep him out of the tower. They keep telling him to go away and he just keeps coming back and soliciting illegal wares. But, you know, whatever. The wall doesn't, building a wall didn't keep him out. Um, he just keeps coming back. So I mean, there, Zer, Zer is a big indicator for me that the nine are not hive, um, at least not the hive that we've encountered. Because and then like the other thing is, is, you know, the fact that Osiris is actually seeking to meet with them and all that. It, it, it just. Eh. But maybe uh one of the sisters aren't necessarily part of the nine, but they're seeking the nine. They want to go after them because of the vast amount of, well, power uh, at the core of it. They hold a, a vast amount of power. And by drawing the nine out, which is what the queen wants, you draw out, uh, Sabathun or Ziva Uroth, who are, who want said power. They want to collect as much of it as they can. And then that at the end would meet Eris's goal to eradicate them. The other thing kind I of, thought about, go ahead. Ma- just, just, a, it's a massive chess game ploy. You draw out one piece in order to get access to another piece, especially when you've got two people working towards different goals, especially if they parallel each other and you can work together to meet each other's ends. The enemy of my enemy, essentially. You might not be working towards the same thing. You might not always get along, but if you have mutual threats and mutual goals that can be achieved uh, together at the same time, you're going to work together. the The thing that I thought about with with Eris, as far as her end game, I mean, it's it's she pretty much even tells you what her end game is at this point. She's going after the hive. She's going after to to completely eradicate the hive. She has. Oryx's family album. Um, she's got access 
teleport anywhere, in which case I would not be surprised if in Destiny 2, if the Dreadnought's still a thing, which, you know, might, might kind of have to be. Um, basically, I think Eris is still at her own power and her own drive at this point. I think the drive to hunt the Hive is still being fueled by an external source. Um, one of the things that I noticed was the one person that appeared in the Book of Sorrows that we never got a, a definitive, confirmed box or tail. Ah, tail. The initial person, the initial person who betrayed the throne, and they, the uh, the orcs and her sisters. Uh, spent a lot of time hunting them down, hunting Teo down, and never got their hands on them. Um, if very similar to the way our ghost kind of guides us and makes suggestions to us on things, that Eris's rock is maybe a fragment of Teo. Mm-hmm. I've seen, yeah, I've seen that one. And as such, you know, at the start of Taking King, that her rock was quiet, and now it's woken back up. It well, wouldn't it's surprise hard me. To not mention a rock. Oh, that's true. That's true. She did not have her rock. No, she left mm. it on Kate's map. <laughs> or in her sword world. <laughs> oh or God, in her sword world. Yeah, man. You, ah, uh, I'm still stuck on that. That's that's a. Mm. Also, know that Teo is immortal because any uh because according to the hive any of the uh anyone who takes on the mother or the uh the the wizard morph you know sacrifices their uh their mortality for is she immortal life she was because she normally krill would die after 10, ten years, years. Mm-hmm. but mother i thought no cuz i think the reason why teo lived so long was because she was in cryo sleep that too. But we also have a history in Destiny of and things still talking oh, to yeah, us. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I definitely. So, again, a lot, a little bit of it is my thought. My thought is what Eris's Rock is. It's been feeding her information, and now Eris is just running with it. Rock may have become her own Ahamkara. Um... But her end goal is clear. Wipe out the hive. I'm behind it, by the way. I think it's it's healthy for her to have a hobby now. Um, <laughs> Everybody needs a hobby. Everyone. Everyone a needs hobby. a hobby. Genocide. Knitting. You know. It's not that big. It's one of those things. <laughs> it's all the same. Don't worry Zavala, about it. Zavala has knitting. Ikora has running rampant in the crucible. Eris has genocide of species. Yeah, whatever. Just... just K- I always thought Zavala is more of a bonsai man, but you know, there we go. <laughs> I took him more of a poetry guy. But I mean, oh, he is, he is. But we know that he has a knitting circle. We know that he has a knitting circle. So, and, well, oh, go ahead, Kat. Go ahead. I was, was going to transition well, that, to the next question. Transition because... to us to Ikora since we're back into the tower. Speaking of Ikora and, and the Vanguard, <laughs> yeah. So the the next question that we had sort of prepped for this, and DJ, you did a great job transitioning here, is does Ikora's ghost give her more 
access to power or does it limit her? And, you know, Eris has her shard, maybe not anymore. And then Mara didn't really have anything. So what do you guys think? Oh, see, I disagree. Um, I, I disagree entirely. The, 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 in my brain or in my mind, I guess the, the only thing are really, so these, these three, these three women are, you know, we've all agreed. I think we can all agree that they are in their own ways, the pinnacles of their particular aspects of seeking knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you have the political or the, the knowledge based or even the forbidden, that's kind of all they've all kind of maxed out their ability to find that stuff to the degree that they can get it wherever they need to. Um, the, the only difference in my brain that Ikora and well, and not even Eris Ara, doesn't really have this issue. Um, but the only difference is that Ikora's ghost means that she has an edge when it comes to actual physical combat. Um, in the sense that she can be resurrected by that ghost. Um, now this goes to also the back to the question of where is Mara? Because for all we know, Mara can be resurrected too. She doesn't have a ghost though. Um, I mean, we, we haven't actually seen the full depths of awoken power. So, I mean, just, just saying that we were pretty confident that a normal awoken can't just resurrect, but Mara is nothing if not a normal awoken. She, I mean, there's, there's arguments that Mara was around from the very beginning of the awoken. And so that being said, you know, immortality itself, the only person out of these three that arguably doesn't have immortality anymore is Eris. And with Eris's shard, that might not be the case either because she might be, uh, I mean, but I'm saying like there's a potential that the shard has kind of replaced the ghost in granting her as far as aging. Like we know that we know that her next death will be her final because of the whole. Ah, um, okay. I she has a sword world. No, 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 no. More, more, well, at the, time of, at the time of the theory one step further. One step further. The dreadnought had to be a physical item. The dreadnought had to be a physical thing that Oryx had to as as make as the pinpoint for his sword realm. Yep, inside out day. It was his uh, animus, his which is the physical aspect. Right, 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 right. Right. Eris's shard. You're, so you're saying that the physical, yeah, the physical realm, the the physical manifestation of her sword realm would be the shard, right? But you I mean, know. my point, my point being is that of the three of them, as far as we know right now, Eris is the only one that I think would potentially not have the benefit of immortality, and that is yeah, a very, okay. very, very, very thin assumption because. I mean, yes, because of the potential for the sword realm, but also because we don't really know what that shard is doing. Um, it, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it could be the ghost. It could be her old ghost that she is dipped in hivey hiveness. You know, I mean, we, we don't know what the shard is. So it but we do know from I think it's Ghost Fragment Queen 2 um at least at that point in time, which was before the Tick and King, we know that she told Aldrin that her next death 
will be her final because she doesn't have a she doesn't have a ghost. Right now, granted, development being what it is, she now is able to step in and out of shadows. So she's a shadow dancer on top of everything else. I mean, I mean, she has grown in power. Definitely. So I I don't I don't necessarily think that's the case any longer. But as far as a ghost, really, the, the benefit of a ghost is you you can be resurrected. And I think for Ikora. In, in regards to what that does, I think that just levels the playing field for Ikora to be on the same level as Mara and on the same level well, the, now as Eris. The other benefit that I would give Ikora's ghost, and I think this is one that we're starting, and I'm really hoping Bungie decides to do more of this. We know ghosts have their own personalities. Yay! Yes, we know ghosts have their own names. Like, they have names. They have their own preferences. They, We have examples of cards, specifically like with Shin and Rezel, where we know that ghosts can take a contrary standpoint, or even a very familial standpoint with their guardian. It could just be treating you like, oh god, I had to resurrect you because if I didn't, I was going to run out of light and I'm stuck with you. And then we have ones like Nigel, uh, Finchurch's ghost, mm-hmm. who is just as bizarre as his as his guardian. And don't forget Ghost Icor- 404. <clears throat> and Ghost 404. Poor Ghost 404. Ikora has the advantage because she doesn't necessarily have to rely on and this is probably what made her so independent and punk rock. I'll just call her punk rock in her early days. She had her ghost. She could be like, what do you think would happen if I use the light to do this? And her ghost would actually be able to go back. I feel like either like, yeah, let's do this. Hold it. Like, I'll hold your beer. Or the ghost could actually take the stance of, actually take the stance of, you know, I don't think you should do that because I, I will not resurrect you if you do that something stupid. You know, it can totally be like the mother character. Ikora has that, has that advantage because she always has not just a built in backup for reviving. She's got a Jiminy Cricket of sorts. It's true. Um, we do take for adva- we do take for granted that because you know the game doesn't really go into it with us, with us as individual players, but our ghosts have this massive amount of influence on us. They we know that they can transfer owners now. We know they they can empower live individuals. So, and the, you know even with the opening to the Taken King and that. I know people hate it, but I absolutely love it. The Kvostov mission. You know, the, the bond between ghost and guardian is a very serious one. It's, it's family at that point. So Ikora actually is kind of traveling with like the one person she knows that can watch her back. And she's going to defend that person. And therefore, anything she does, that ghost is going to have a vested interest in. Yeah, and you see that, so, you see that in the Cade Stash mission, the Easter egg there. Uh, where your ghost scans the pod. I think it's pod 10201. Um, and he makes uh-huh. the comment. He makes the comment. Hey, I tried to wake this, this guardian up or I tried to wake this individual up and he didn't want to be woken. He said that, uh, he said that the last war he fought in was enough to last a thousand lifetimes. Um, right. You know, and so that, that going back to the, the relationship between the ghost and the guardian, you know, this is something that you see. As being a very, and I, I agree completely, I think it's a very serious relationship. But at the same time, it's 
they know the guardian. They know, mm-hmm. like, and, and the guardian to a degree knows the ghost, but the ghost chose the guardian. And in, in the same sense, though, you have to remember that the guardian had to agree to come back. And so there's a, there's a, there's a choice in becoming a guardian to a degree. Now the question then, and you see this within like the Sarah farmer sets, you don't remember your first life, which then, you know, gets thrown out the window with Shin Alpha, but whatever, we're not going to go down that road. Um, you don't remember your past life, but you do kind of, you, you have what would arguably be some of the similarities to your personality. Like there's, there's arguments of do you, you know, what, it, what exactly remains with a guardian? You see that again with the Osiris card. Um, you, you know, see it with Cade and Cade. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cade, especially with Cade's journal, you see that very much, you know, he's actually remembering you, uh, Thanatonauts, the Thanatonauts in general, that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to remember the past. They're trying. And by doing that, they, they do the ritualistic suicide. And in the space between life and death, they, they get glimpse of what they believe to be their past. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of a thing that's going on behind the scenes with the, a lot of the characters in Destiny. So the ghost, I think, is a total. I mean, I know Pens and I will joke about this all the time. Uh, we are not space zombies. We are space liches because the ghosts are kind of a phylactery for our characters. Like the Cabal recognize this. They call them dead persons. That that's the whole that's the whole thing in Destiny or in Destiny currently Destiny Two it looks like they've kind of found a solution to this issue, but in Destiny the reason the Cabal are like so heavily mismatched against Guardian is because they can't they they can't understand why when they kill things they come back and not only do they come back then they kill them and they dance on them they don't understand it and it's very frustrating to the poor Cabal because that you know it, it's just it's one of the best grimoire cards out there, honestly, is a military report of us teabagging the cabal. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree completely. I think, and but to that to that, I still I still view Ikora's ghost as it's not limiting her. Actually, having her ghost empowers her, but it puts it on the same level as Mara and Eris in my mind. Right, because she has, like as I said, like she's got that extra perspective she can call on at at any point in time if she needs to. Whereas Eris and Mara have, you know, they they have to basically wrestle with their own power. Um, is having right? Control. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And, so you're 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 saying that like Ikora might have just had it kind of. She had a little bit of an edge at the start. Yeah. But she and, had someone to teach her, right? The and I guess of her power and how to be a scientist about it. Which I don't ever also see Ikora as a Thantanaut. Oh yeah, I, there's yeah, something I about see, her personality yeah, makes me believe that she's not a Thantanaut. So just to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I would agree. I don't. I think, think she's, she's more willing to have someone else test her. <laughs> yeah, you, you, know, you, but, uh... you crazy exo person who wants to shoot themselves in the head. Go, go for it. Do it. Um, let me know what you see. No, um... I'm gonna sign off on this, but <laughs> I didn't sign off on this. Um... Uh, you know, the only other thing there is if, and you kind of see this with uh, 
you know, D&D and other fantasy games that have the magic systems is the difference between a sorcerer and a wizard. A wizard has like yes. the formal knowledge a sorcerer had to teach themselves. But while the sorcerer might not have all the 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 breadth of the wizard, holy crud, are they they what they lack in breadth, they make up in power of punch. Because they can punch you really hard with those two spells, whereas a you know a wizard would only have like you know a wizard has like ten, the sorcerer only has you know five. They only have half, but they're more powerful, right? And so I think that in that sense, I would almost argue that the ghost would actually limit her, because the ghost has given her access to all this information, whereas Mara and actually Eris to a degree also, because Eris had a ghost too, is the important thing to remember. But Mara, <laughs> Mara is arguably the first of her kind so you know she has that going for her she has no one to her parents were light and darkness like you know it's like great i'm sure they really taught you how to you know the birds and the bees um mara's mara's got the test shows too while mara's having to play the political game in the reef and with the nine she's got the test shows who are doing god knows what and then they can then take their findings and teach mara as well right and my only my only response to that though is that arguably more mara created the tetunes right i mean again going yeah. down this theory that mara mara and aldrin were among the first awoken if that's the case then technically every awoken kind of i mean you know there's a point at which it's like uh, you know she had to and my point here is that she had to forge her own path she had to figure it out on her own. She had no one really to show her the intricacies of, oh, hey, I can create or I can summon these big bombs that blow blow planets up. Who knew? That's cool. Like, I, I would love to be there the first time. What's this do? It's like, oh, well, we probably shouldn't do that again. That, that's probably a bad, bad thing to do. Oh, look, there's Fallen. Let's use it against them. You know, like the... The thing is, and, and that's a testament to her person, like her personal strength too. But my point there is that she had to, she had to forge her own way. Whereas the guardians kind of have this, this Jiminy Cricket, you know, as you said, that's kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't, I, 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 okay, okay, you can do like, that. Like you can't eat lasagna, but I'll make you lasagna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, if anyone's there's right, Rezzle. Exos, it's Rezzle. It's like, right, I really, uh, watermelon XO, yeah. <laughs> Rezzle is like that. It's like, I really don't think this is a good idea. I really don't care. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, oh, silly. And titans. we know, and, and as far as like going back to Ikora, we know that her connection with her ghost is strong. Just, yes. by, just read the description off of, off of Invective. Mm hmm. I do like that. That that's just like they made a grab for my ghost. Like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, a that no no. Bad. That was not that that was a no no. Like you don't 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 touch other people's ghosts. That's just not that's poor. It's rude. That's poor guardian etiquette right there. And as Pin said earlier in chat, remember Ikora is the reason that Shaq sits funny. Yep. Because we know in the early days in the Crucible, someone had to be testing it out. <laughs> and so why not? So why not the first ever twenty-five and L? Oh my gosh, I love that card. The new Cade—that's another card. The new Cade six card. Everyone, everyone should just go read it because <laughs> we get invaded by horsemen. <laughs> we get invaded by horsemen. No, 
<laughs> you can just no. To fall and ride horses? Like, what? Oh. Hold on, I'm trying to find it. Oh, the Cade, having, the by the way, I just, just, just as a quick aside, having Justin read it, oh my gosh, just, was just that was a good decision. I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm still. I tell him this every time we bring it up, but I'm still amazed that he got through reading that card without. Bra- I, I was, you probably hear it in the episode that we read it. it. Me in the background, I was like on the ground laughing. You were, di- you were dying. I was dying. dead. I, my face hurt after that, after that, that episode. Like it was just. That and uh, Justin reading the card with Bife, with the uh, the your card. Yeah, that was brilliant. Because um, Bife has a creepy voice. Confirmed. Now we we put in here in the notes the PA announcements often discuss how bizarre her experiments <laughs> are, yes. and there was like what was it? One of the announcements was. Can someone bring like a bucket and a primer on high physiology to the black? <laughs> the PA announcements are the why best. the bucket? I have to say, the PA announcements are the best. Oh my god, yeah, you learned so thing? much like, random I, stuff. You learn, you learn. Actually, I think the most the fun one was because we were talking earlier about the Rainbow Death Squad. There is a PA announcement, just quick off topic for the future war cult that cl- that has them go like, we're not a cult so much as just a forward thinking organization. <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking about the wars of tomorrow to help you today. That kind of thing. Like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the PA announcements for Ikora are great. I just, it, we're going to see more of her, and I really love the fact that they drive home that her weapon of choice is a shotgun. They could have given her any weapon in that Destiny 2 trailer. Gun. Yeah, they do, but um, noted it wasn't invective. Invective. Because she gave us invective by the quest. We modified invective, what? which is why I listed the iconoclast. But they gave us Ace of Spades, and I'm pretty sure that was Ace of Spades. No, I think Banshee just replicated what Cade Oh, okay, fair was. enough, because Cade won't give us his stuff. I think it was he, just... he was kind of upset that they took his stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I think that Ikora, her weapon of choice, I love the fact that her weapon of choice is a shotgun, which confirms that she, too, is a fraggle in the Crucible. Um, uh, and especially... You know, like we even see, like, what was it the? I think the iconoclast ornament for it is supposed to be what it looked like when she had it, because it looks like a well-worn weapon ornament. Yeah, yeah, it was. <clears throat> well, and it, yeah, because we just it's iconoclast. More the, that's not that's the that's not the lava one, right? No, no, no. The lava one's really cool. Well, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm now I'm now reading Tower Intercom quotes, and yeah, they're so amazing. <laughs> they are amazing. So now we get to do viewer questions. So viewers, put your questions in chat that you want us to answer, or use the hashtag DamesLore uh, to on Twitter to get to us. And the one question we had, and I think we kind of answered this already, is if we put the three of them in a cru- in the Crucible, who would win? In a rumble match, assuming all could revive. Icora. Yeah, Icora. I, 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 
as much as she's, it pains me to she's say. She's got to yeah. get those. We ran out of medals. She's got to get those. We ran out of medals. Eris would be too busy trying to, you know, prove that you can use touch of malice. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Would be like trying to like run around and wait for her super. She would be scories camping. Icora is just going to roll in like, you're done. Well, and we, we know that Icora just owns shop in Crucible. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what is it? What, well, what? This tower intercom quote is literally Taco says no. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a completely random day. I'm like, I'm still scrolling through this, and it's just, Ikoras are really fun. The South Tower is off limits because we are still cleaning up last night's event. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Having so a ghost is no excuse up- for recreational tower jumping. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Robots are not target practice. <laughs> What was that, Maury? One thing I'm really sad about with Destiny 2 is we're not going to unlock the other part of the tower that's always closed over by the speaker. What's Gar- back no, there? Gary, Gary's back there. That's that's what's back there. We open we that's open the door and it just... I, I get the impression that if we go to Bannerfall and you really kind of like just dig around and look at, say, like the new monarchy offices and that little area where the Concordat were set up, I think what's behind that door is a lot of that. I think it's like just a lot of like office blocks, maybe kind of like residential because ends. Well, maybe not hunters. I like to think hunters like to just set up their own bunkers. Mm-hmm. Um, but guardians have to sleep somewhere. They have to go somewhere. We're not just going to sit in orbit all the time. So I think what's behind there is maybe like residential dorms, etc., and so forth. Maybe some of those labs by Cora. Oh, we know the black room. What is it? The black room and is there a red room? I thought there was a red room. I know there's a black room. Oh, for the warlocks. Oh my god! If they do a black room and a red, oh no! Well, yeah, no, I know, yay, I know, yay. I know, I know. <laughs> it's it's like it's like oh god! Or the black is it the black room or is it the black library? It's the black lodge. It's the black lodge. Okay, okay. Lodge, I mean, we know we know that the the warlocks at least have, and we know that uh, there is a crochet course taught by Commander Zavala. Um, and in, in like you know you have like flight controllers. I'm just going through the tower intercoms alone, and there's like there's a lot of different nods to different areas. I mean, you have you have probably have bunker or bays for all the frames. Uh, we know that the, probably the red jacks have a designated area for repurposing and you know servicing and stuff like that that shacks uses. Uh, you know, so yeah, like controller five five three zero. This we miss you. So Jesse had a question. Are we going to see Marasov in Destiny 2? We hope or the so. Expansions? Uh, I would say if we see her, it'll probably end in a different DLC. We, unless, like, they make her core to the story. For vanilla Destiny I, 2. I, I would think it would. we could probably see her come back in the Osiris DLC. Just yeah. because mm-hmm. we do have confirmed contact between Osiris and the Queen. Mm-hmm. It's true. I, I think it also depends on what exactly. Because I mean, going going off of what we do know about Destiny Two is there's the the um, 
the comment about gathering all the heroes of the light, you know, basically because everything's been kind of blown to hell in a handbasket. I mean, because I, I, we were talking about this. Oh, where were I think we were talking about this on Destiny Down Under last night because um, the question came up for them was, well, the tower is gone. The city's theoretically probably, you know, pretty in bad shape, if not gone as well. What happened to the crucible? Because, you know, the crucible, oh. map, you know, like this. and we were talking and it was like, well, and so the, the question kind of led into, are we going to be more on the reef now? Because the reef is kind of the, one of the few points that, at which we've seen guardians socially that, that is still in theoretically in yes, chat, our loot is gone too. Um, or no, our loot, we are getting get loot. Our stuff is gone. Uh, that was the answer to the complaints about the vault space. Um, so the uh, the whole question of like, well, what is Crucible? And I actually, we kind of had a moment of aha moments because we were talking about it and, you know, and we we're talking about like how Crucible maps are made with the Red Jacks and all that. And I was like, what if we actually have missions where we go, we join Red Jacks and go and reclaim Crucible maps? And like we make, that is, we make that Crucible is maps. Oh my gosh, I would be I mean, so happy if the, we got to play other- alongside Red Jacks. The other side of it, too, is I think we're going, you know, I know it was originally planned for Destiny. It never quite made it. But there was supposed to be some slight competition or forms competition between the factions. Oh, yeah. Faction, like faction wars. Not not faction wars. Granted, it's the only other MMO I've been playing. And even listening to some of the discussion on the Dragon Yor episode about, you know, the, the decision of, well, would you follow Shin to take down the, right, right, the right, shadows right. of your or join them. ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, actually presents a couple of good options for that, um, whereas the PvP in that is definitely more territory control. So, you know, playing a match of control and losing if you're a future war cult would actually have some impact on your standing with future war cult, etc. Oh, and so forth. Oh, that would be so fun. So maybe having a little bit be, in For Honor as well. Yeah, maybe having like in, and we do know that de- the social spaces in Destiny 2, based off some of the stuff that's been said, it's going to be a little bit more open world. We're not going to fly into a tower. We're not going to fly into. We're going to maybe have to walk there or fast travel there or something. It's going to be something that we happen across. So having Crucible be something that is more spread out, maybe like planned skirmishes. Because I don't, I think Shax is smart enough to be able to still set up Crucible training on the fly. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. We're holding a tournament at this spot at this battleground. Be there at this time. Mm-hmm. And that's how we would do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, and with the Red Jacks being what the Red Jacks are, you know, they're frames. And it's not like he can, and I mean, as long as, uh, what is it, uh, Delilah, the antiquity, as long as he saves Delilah, he can just back, he can, uh, reboot everybody because Delilah and Arkite are the original Red Jacks. So he yep. has like, he has the programming already there and we know Arkite's tough as freaking everything. I think Delilah, yeah, Delilah and Arkite are both like freaking tanks in themselves. So I don't Delilah see Delilah should have been on our list. <laughs> oh God, Delilah. <laughs> that thing, that, that freaking, that frame is just cracks me up. They're like, They've retrieved more ammo from her shell than than anything else. So Redstorm 3 has an interesting question that I'm really hoping 
we all have the same answer to. Will we have bases or something else set in patrol areas? Oh my gosh, that would be so nice. That would be nice. I would love that idea. If you follow what has been leaked through Jason Jason, uh, Schreier, who I, I hate going by media leaks and that because the validity can just get crushed so mm-hmm. quick. But this guy has been uncanny in his accuracy to date. I think he's literally 100% on the leaks. It's insane how accurate his leaks have been. But that's the way it's going to look is that we're going to have we're going to have to come across different settlements to have oh. safe places. In which case, yeah, you know, and that makes sense. Again, going back to using uh, my experiences with Elder Scrolls, there's a lot of missions in Elder Scrolls where all just happen upon a town. It's just full of enemies. And there's other player characters just walking through like it's no one's business. Like, they're just there. And I'm like, oh, I have to do a mission where I have to reclaim this space before I can set up shop. And I think the Iron Lord cards really Mm -hmm. sort of speak to what this is going to be like, where Mm -hmm. there were outposts, there were warlords. Are we going to find corrupted guardians that are taking advantage of the chaos in the tower to sort of spread their own influence? Yeah. Well, I know where I'm headed. I really hope we have outposts. I'm really give me give me a compass and tell me where the North North Channel or Palamon is. That's where I'm going. Uh, Old Chicago. I was about to say, wait, are you on that? Are you on the Mercury? No, though there's that too. Are you on a Mercury? Is that what I'm hearing? I want to go. The, the I want to go. Though, I want to go reclaim that supercomputer. And this was something I just wanted to bring up, um, based off what I heard from the Dreg Dinor thing, where the question was, okay, well, if you have to pick sides, how is it going to affect it? Oh gosh. Um, uh, going you, Elder Scrolls Online actually presents a couple of options where, again, you're you're having to share these missions in a public space with other people. Um, one of the missions I did was I had to either side with these snake people or a bunch of elf assassins, and I picked the snake people. So when I went into the battle, the very final battle where they're supposed to help me out, um, where they, where they're supposed to help me out, there's a snake person following along with me. But when another player comes running through that area, they've got an elf with them. So there is a way to actually have those types of changes implemented in an MMO uh, without breaking, like, the game you know, the, the game world for everyone else. It's just you happen to see someone else made it. Just, just for the like, record, okay, though, just, just for the record, was was the snake person, like, what, was that, like, a Justin friendly snake person, or was that a Justin unfriendly snake person? I'm now, I'm seriously curious about this now. Do we need to, do we need to prepare it Justin was, uh, and make him play this game and record his response? I think it was a friendly snake person. Okay, they okay. just looked absolutely terrified. Yes. <laughs> like, now I know what like, I'm going to be sending Justin on Twitter today. Quit. So, quit. <laughs> I want to go, go back ahead. to something really quick that we were talking about, you know, the for honor and the ESO with mm-hmm. the factions. I'm thinking back to a conversation I had with Deej when he was on the Dame stream. Oh gosh, two years ago, maybe later than that, it was vanilla destiny before any expansions came out. And I had asked him if there was going to be a way based on the faction that you chose, their influence was going to grow and impact the game real time. His response was that would utterly break the game because everybody would choose dead orbit. That's, that is a correct answer. But yeah. <clears throat> that is, I, and answer. I think that's, 
going to be hard because we could switch factions very quickly. So if everybody's going to, you know, jump on future war cults, then, you know, and no one else is in any of the other factions, what's going to happen with that? But but I think that would also reflect what's going on in game. You know, I don't. Will we have new factions? Oh, yeah. Well, we know the I... concordance like poking around out there. Well, I mean, and we know that there's factions out in the city. Um, because I mean, the thing is, is the factions that we know, like the factions in the tower, are just the great factions, right? <laughs> there yeah. is Pins. Pins is mad at me. Um, uh, <laughs> the the great factions, and these are just factions that were elevated from the city to be basically approved by the city for dealing with guardians. Um, and and we know that because that was kind of the whole thing. Well, we learned that Andal Brask was actually kind of a really big in that kind of implementation of the consensus and kind of that, that whole like redesigning stuff. Um, but yeah, and dragon is asking in chat about the faction that's in Bannerfall. That is the concordat. That is the, the, the fist pushing down, or I guess it depends on what you look at. I love, I love that slight reference that they're always punching down. Yeah. I, I, um, but yeah. And I mean, we know that there are other, factions uh they just don't have the political power of dead orbit future war cult and new monarchy and actually honestly in the trailer for d2 if you notice there's only one faction that showed up uh-huh. new monarchy new faction. monarchy no that which not, case not the best. now that is something it's definitely that is, the best. no no that is okay. just something to really bring up is what if for mmos with their faction processes that we've seen what if New Monarchy is the faction for the Tower? I can see that. Suddenly, okay, well, we got to head out to the Reef. You head out to the Reef, and you set up there, and you start running your missions there, and suddenly you start noticing dead orbit emblems right. everywhere. Because, I'm sorry, so, yeah. when the Cabal hit, the dead orbit's going to be like, told you so, told you so, told you so, you're <laughs> out. Nope, 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 nope. 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 <laughs> That's you know, it wouldn't surprise me if future Warhols... Because <laughs> one of the things they said about future war cult in their early cards was there was scrawlings of graffiti and markings that indicate how old, you know, like in old pre-Golden Age right, cage, right. Uh, caves or during Golden Age caves. What if future war cult runs to ground and you actually have to go find it? What if the factions are in different territories? Well, and that would go in line with the the uh, the entire concept of Destiny 2 that we know of, which is the re- the reintroducing all the heroes together, you know, bringing mm-hmm. all these figures back. You have, and I mean, just, just thinking about the number of factions you have, you have dead orbit, you have new monarchy, you have future war cult, you have mm-hmm. the, the, you have the concordat, you have, uh, Osiris, you have Queen's wrath, you have Varix, you have <gasps> Ephrodites, you have, um, the nine. I mean, there's, there's tons of options here that they could introduce as factions that are slave to territorial areas. You know, I mean, geez, Ephrodite's bug huggers are out there and, you know, we, we don't know what they're doing. Um, and so there's just, yeah, it's the, the option to slave a faction to a territory would not only do, not only make it really cool, but it also really give an excuse to open up playable areas in the game. Yeah. So I guess okay. So we're going back. Uh, let's. I guess if we kind of like had listed was more about Eris. 
Um, or did we want to go back to what did we have next on the list here? We had weapons, items, expanded discussions. I don't know. We we have a lot of stuff. Um, like the actual weapons that are affiliated with each of these women. I thought it was something that we had inter- that was really interesting to list. Yeah. Like I had mentioned the fact that Ikora, obviously, Invective, was her gun. She taught us how to build another one, so she might still have hers. We don't know. Um, Mara, the Telesto, mm-hmm. is uh, obviously a weapon built based off that. And there is a skin where you can effectively make your Telesto Queen's Wrath. Yes. So, yes, the Queen's does. Which, I'm going to go on a small tirade. I honestly feel that the Taken War Reef storyline and the Wolves of Mars storyline should have culminated in us getting a Telesto. Oh, I could see that, especially the Taken War. It's because here's the thing is the Boolean Gemini, while it was previously in the Destiny database as the 347 Vesta, Vestian, um, the updated lore for it was the fact that it was a tower. Mm-hmm built weapon that just happened to get lost and then salvaged in the reef. So really at the end of the Taken War, it's kind of like, yeah, so here's this thing that we kind of... We stole from you. (laughs) And so now we're giving it back to you. But having said, like, yeah, hey, we... Thank you for hunting down the queen. Thank you for finding all this relevant energy. Here's an experimental weapon because we know you can blow yourself up and uh, come back from it. Um... This doesn't. This is but not yeah. as dangerous to you as it is to us. Have fun. Precisely. Yeah, I really, honestly feel like the Telesto. Because also, I still know people who are oh. playing well into year three and still have not gotten a Telesto to drop from them. So, um, I think here, the, here's. No, you want you want to read the Telesto card because it it's directly to the Awoken. It's precisely, from, and that's again another reason it should have been the damn award. The oh. best, the best strategy for Telesto is just shoot them all into the back of an ally and send them into a room. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's 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 the kamikaze porcupine. It's just really what you should do. It's a needler. It is a ne- oh, see, I did not bring it up. It's totally a pink gun from Halo. Oh my gosh, I love needlers. But yeah, but uh, the other the other thing is for Eris, you have the quack quack gun. Just touch of malice. Yeah, the touch the of malice. And that's I think that's gonna be another thing that showed that her level of power had increased. Right. I can see that. She now knows how to make that is technically a weapon of sorrow. Uh, and we Yeah, kind we, of. I mean it arguably, but yes, it it kinda is. It's a almost a tamed weapon of it sorrow. Ter- it is a ter- terrestrial weapon. That is infused with hive magics with the sole specific purpose of generating, well, maybe not sorrow in this case, but, you know, not happy feelings. Quack, 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 quack. Not happy quack, feelings? Quack, 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 quack. That's all, that's all I know with the weapon. <laughs> but the, she, that weapon it, is the duck. It's the duck. And I, I honestly think, like, her crafting that was her kind of making that official step to becoming Toland. Don't hate me for this demo. I think Eris, <laughs> that's where Eris was just like, that's where the whole Sith, you know, if we want to get into like a quick Sith comparison, that's where the student outdid the master. Mm-hmm. She created a, she created a very powerful exotic weapon that tapped into powers beyond her understanding, gave it to a guardian to use successfully or her mentor's research and just ran with it. 
So, yeah, I love the fact that the touch of Alice was something where she's like, I shouldn't build this. I shouldn't build this. I shouldn't. I hate them. I really hate them. I'm building this. Yeah, <laughs> I love that card. <laughs> the card is exactly what it is. It's like, oh, I shouldn't do that. Here you go. I refuse. I will build this weapon. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the idea, hive posted idea, something on idea. Twitter. Like she was like, I'm going to put this away. And then she read the hive Twitter. She's like, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh hells! <laughs> Insert like a bye Felicia emote in there. Yeah, Something's yeah, bye Felicia. <laughs> yeah, um, and then finally, I think what was the other thing Murmur. we had in for weapon? Oh, armor. There was the Queen's Wrath armor sets, uh, which, by the way, you can get now, and they apparently fixed it so the chest pieces should be dropping more frequently. Um. We have murmur too, which and I love like I love the, the fact quotes. I love what that implies in the lore, too. By the way, it, even though it's you know the reef kind of going yeah 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 take this armor it's really awesome we are effectively running around the tower, bearing the queen's banner. Political properties. <laughs> Like, we're just, like, running around going, look at this awesome stuff that I got. Look well, at this awesome that, sniper that I killed you with called Her Benevolence. Yeah, and that also <laughs> goes back, that goes back to uh, the com- the conversation between, er- or not Eris, uh, the conversation between Petra and Varix about, like, how they're like, oh, we need help, we need help. And Varix is like, no, 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 here's what you do. Open up the prison and tell them they get loot. They'll come running. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Kane was we like, come running. <laughs> we came <laughs> running. Like, but I mean, that, that's like, that's literally what Varix is saying is Varix is like, no, just offer them, offer them loot and they'll come and do whatever to get it. And you see that because then there's also the question of Cade. When we first got prison of elder, Cade made that comment as well. It's there's a, there was a territorial kind of pissing match going on between the queen and the nine. And then all of a sudden, the reef was open to a force of guardians. Well, guardians are a clean house. Yeah, guardians are guardians. Guardians might not necessarily be the sharpest tools in the shed, but I'll tell you what, they make really good sledgehammers. And if you have guardians running around the reef and all of a sudden a military invasion happens, that queen is like, oh, now I have a now I have a private security firm without having to pay for a private security firm. I mean, she manipulated the Guardians into being into the reef for security. And it's, yeah, it's it was one beautiful. of her cards, like directly out of one of her cards, and I can't find it right now. It's it's the uh, it's the Prison of Elders card more. where Kate is talking about it. Because mm-hmm. he, he made, he, I mean, he called that it. Even at a more sinister level, we technically tested out high, uh, taken infused armor for them, too. No, well, I mean, how yeah. can we how can we be sure taken taken energy can be used in a defensive manner? Oh, let's call guardians. back in the guardians. <laughs> Give it to them. the guardians; they'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how the guardians have become like the guinea pigs of the galaxy. <laughs> oh, icebreaker! It's fine, icebreaker. It could blow up in your face, but yeah, uh, yeah no. it, it makes a really cool sniper. Give me it. It's like <laughs> like. <laughs> The impulse control on Guardians in my brain is just, like, non-existent. Yes, Dragon, we are test dummies. Um, you know, like, the weapons, the armor sets and such like that, uh, the Eris class items, 
were kind of interesting because you actually do learn a lot about the fire team through those, oh, those yeah. class items. Well, you you all, just through the Crota armor in general, you actually Omar get is amazing. Of it, right? Poor poor Omar. And Sai. Sai Sai was another female figure that was just terrifying. <laughs> oh, I ran out of knives. Here, let me use your ribs. <laughs> I mean, you know, that works. I, I know. I mean, um, it, it's just like I'm like, I'm like I can just like the mental image of that is just like I'm like, holy like literally she is she imbued rib bones and bones of the hive with arc energy to continue blade dancing in the pit. Like that's just to me is just like uh amazing. Uh, Vel Veltarlo, the Yeah. Just continuously shoulder charging Titan. I mean she Jesus. Yeah, Vel like, who who fell to Thrall. Poor, um, poor actually, Thrall. actually no he didn't. That, he fell to uh he fell to what's his face? The the um, blah, 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 Dark Blade. Dark Blade. A la, a la cool. So I have one last question for you gentlemen before we we run off here. What's on your Destiny 2 wish list? Beards. And who do you think will rule the galaxy at the end of the day? Osiris. Osiris. Okay, no more peer-to-peer. Or peer-to-peer. Well, I mean, wish list, though, is beards. Beards. Yeah. Okay, wish wish list. I would say, give me the ability to actually name my ghost. That uh, that's a dangerous that, that could endangerously like. I I I like that idea, but I also know the general population of the internet, so that could get really bad really fast. And as far as who I think is gonna see at the end of this, um. I'm going to say the nine. I could see that. And honestly, Mara is. In, I would not in a be surprised if the nine, all of this recruiting that we have to do over the course of Destiny 2, is going to basically just have the nine go, thank you for assembling this army for us. Hey, good job assembling the Justice League. Isn't the second expansion uh, the Rasputin expansion? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Are we making the assumption that this, well, yeah, no that they wouldn't use Rasputin's symbol to trick us to thinking that he's an ally or to that the nine are an ally. What do you, I mean, what do you mean by that? So like, we know the symbol of the nine because Zer has it and that's how he shows himself. And like throughout the course of destiny one, Rasputin's been like, I think it's called the weird uncle, but he's always been there to help us out. We've helped him out. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe frenemies is a better way of yeah, saying Rasputin that. Yeah, Rasputin is not an ally. Just listen to Tevis. He knows what he's talking about. But if he's been helping out more and more, his uh, he might be rising higher in the Vanguard book of like, of course we have to help Rasputin. Uh, if yeah. the Nine somehow trick us, because they're tricksters, they... They want to learn more about us if they use his symbol instead of Rasputin, or if they try to incorporate Rasputin into their networks. Mm. I'm looking forward to that more than the Osiris DLC, I'll be honest. I forgive you for that. I can see, I mean, like, I can see that, um, 
I don't know because I think the I think the second the second one honestly to be to be completely honest I'm hoping in the second DLC with Rasputin that we get to get to meet Charlemagne to be to be completely honest I'm hoping that I want to meet the Venus one line right right I mean but I mean right but I mean I I'm hoping that we get to reactivate the network like so you have Mm. Charlemagne on Mars you have the 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 Venus war mine we have. Rasputin We've already, in a way, reactivated the network. That's how Rasputin is spread. His right, influence. right. But so I mean, I mean right. And that was that was when he took over stuff. But I mean, remember, remember, we we have Mar Mar or Martel. We have the core that's not inside yeah. the network anymore. So because it's an artifact that we carry with us. So I mean, technically, we have Martel, and then I mean that you can go down a really big rabbit hole with that. Because you have Martell, and then you have the Sleeper Simulant, which is actually a proxy server for Rasputin. So you're actually carrying Rasputin around with you when you have the Sleeper Cell or Sleeper Simulant. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of different nods there. But yeah, I, I'm I'm actually hoping that we get to we get to see different war mines in the in the war mind DLC, which I'm I'm expecting is going to be the case. But that goes back also I, to the the choice, like. Does that mean that we have a choice of sh- of shutting down Rasputin? Would we want I, to? I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's the thing is like, do is like, what is what is that going to be like? Like, what would does that mean that Rasputin suddenly might be done playing with us? Well, we've we might not get to see all of them either because there was a Mercury War Mind, and Mercury is not. Mercury anymore? I mean, it, yeah, it's completely it's, yeah, been yeah. converted into a Vex world. Now, mm-hmm. That war mine is going to be gone. Right. Well, Mercury. Yeah, Mercury. Unless so you assume that. that the war mine is now part of the Vex world. Oh, and that just goes down a. Because <laughs> we've already gone into we've already gone into a Vex world once. I mean, Vault of Glass. Well, and let's talk about Eris's new oh. card. Oh god, the guardian Eris. she was visiting Genesis had scribes. a Vex ghost. Genesis scribe. Oh, that card. The the ramifications of this card is immense. DLC number three. Return of the Vex. Well, and well, we already kind of see that with Return very, of Vault of Glass, too. Because that's that's a yeah. suit of armor that you can get. Yeah, the, very, the Hunter has the Vex link. Yeah, there, there's a very important thing about that that, that I've noticed, and this is going to tie directly into Destiny. And that is um, really power vacuums mm-hmm. in our wake. A lot. Vacuums in our wake. We as Guardians, we see it with the cards regarding the Shadows of Yore. We see it with what the Jensen Scribe did with his arm and what we're currently doing with the uh, new raid armor ornamentations. We're getting bold with our immortality where we're like, hey, what happens if I do this? <laughs> and I'm not supposed to touch this the- button, but... <laughs> So what now? Now and let's let's just put this out there. Let's say you are one of those guardians who's managed to replace your left arm with a vex arm, and you know maybe you've just implanted a couple of hive right arm to enhance your, you know, your blink stabbing as a hunter. Why does this and, sound like Siva to me? 
Yeah, more SIVA. And now, and then suddenly, action to the Traveler. Well, you've got all these mods in you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's then also do we not, become what we most fear? Plus, there's also the fact that when you're going to the card, the ghost has a red eye now. The ghost is being transformed into Vex Tech. Four, rip 404. Rip 404 ghost. <laughs> it, and the ghosts are fairly regularly going between us and the Traveler. Even our own ghosts aren't necessarily always with us. Like when we take a break, they're going to the Traveler. What happens when a ghost infused with Vextech goes into the Traveler? Yeah, this, this big this, this big is... red shield comes around the traveler, and Gary comes to town. I thought his name was Glenn. Yeah, Gary, <laughs> something Gil, with a G. Something with a G. <laughs> he took our took our stuff. I am just I w- I'm just ecstatic that, that after three years being in the tower and not really getting any lines together, decently written lines, that two second bit in the trailer. Gave all of us Firefly fans the moment we'd been waiting for. <laughs> yes. Just Ikora, so Side Eye, and Cade going, that was inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Well, you know. They, they need, they need more, inter- they need more of those interactions because those two can play, play off each other so well. Actually, yeah, There's I'll go a- back and. I will go back and re- revise what my, my comment, uh, what I'd like to see. I would like to see more NPC interactions. I want to see scenes with Shiro and Banshee, because those two are insane gun nuts. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. I want just a moment of the two of them discussing how to build an exotic weapon. Oh. <laughs> It'd be Imagine. like myth buses for what, exotic weapons. Oh, that's what great. Is, the, the two of them collaborating together to make one exotic oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that quest line I want that like yo we heard you like Galahorn there's a good question we missed are we going to see the stranger come back yes yeah I think we will I hope not I I hope not 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 (laughs) I, I hope I'm hoping so, and it'll probably be something around the Vex, which I could see being Osiris, because Osiris and Vex. And... Okay. But I hope that when she does come back, we grab her by her bloody scarf and tell her, you will have time to explain. Explain now. Okay. I'm going to put this, and this is why I'm saying no. And I'm going to have to go back to comic books for this. One of the most enigmatic, popular comic book characters of the 90s, Hable, from the X-Men, had powers. We didn't know what kind of powers he was. What was his mission? It took years for us to unpackage this character, and we got so sick of him because he was freaking everywhere, and we got no answers whatsoever. Just... I'm from the future. You have to listen to me because everything's going to go to crap. 
that is very easily what the traveler's story, the stranger's storyline could do if they do not write that character cautiously enough. You keep throwing a character like that in and keep teasing and teasing and teasing like one day you're going to know. People are going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just give us another glowy gun and just teleport out of here without explaining anything. If they're going to bring back the stranger, they need a strong, well-written storyline in place. They need to make sure we know that we're going to get resolution at the end of all. She's not going to become another cable. Is this what I'm trying to get to? Yeah. Sorry. I am very passionate about time traveling characters who just don't. Don't have answers. Do this thing because the, yeah, do this thing. Otherwise the, the, the future is just broken. Really? Because what model of time travel are you operating off of? <laughs> well, like the stranger, we're going to leave chat with unanswered questions and we're going to start wrapping this up because we have our next streamer, Rebecca Ryan coming on at two o'clock central time so blue gonna have you take it away for our shout outs here okay cool um big big thank you for the dames and safe gamers uh always always love getting to chat with different people on streams or in chat uh about the story of games in general but especially destiny um and i know silver is probably going to touch on the safe gamers alliance so I definitely, definitely am a huge, huge fan of everything that you guys and gals do. Um, but yeah, and then a big shout out to our Focus Fire community. The the guys and girls over there are just amazing. If you guys aren't in the Discord server that we have running, be sure to jump in. Um, we try to make it really friendly for everyone. So don't feel like you need to don't feel like you need to know all the intricate details of things it's it's definitely not the case i i would not claim to know everything and i don't think anyone ever would so at least not in there um but yeah if you're not in there please just please join us and just join the join the the insane the insanity so yeah and then bring your spin foil hats yes bring spin foil we do have an entire channel dedicated to spin foil so if that's if that's your speed we have a place for you Awesome. DJ, take it away. Um, well, similar. Um, big shout out to the Focus Fire community, basically to the lore community as a whole. Guardian uh, uh, Ghost Stories, um, all of them. Um, because with a game like Destiny, where the lore is built in, especially with a fast-paced shooter, it not everyone's going to take a moment and look at that sign on the wall or catch that piece of dialogue that maybe you've heard for like 20 times now. It's because of the lore community and the people like Mori and Blue and and Bife who actually take some time to be in the game without playing the game that makes it a richer experience. You know, I will get into games with folks you know, this This is why you do this in the raid. And they're like, I never knew that. And the game becomes a richer experience for them. So big shout out to anyone in the lore community who's taken time to unpackage this game and make it a rich experience for everyone. And may Bungie do a better job of it next time so we don't have to work as hard. <laughs> here, here. For sure. 
All right, Loki, repping the safe gamers. I just want to first. I want to thank everyone for including me on this. I tend to get a little scrubbish with lore occasionally because my mind wanders away too often. But I also want to give a shout out for the Safe Gamers Alliance. Uh, the, the Safe Gamers Alliance is a multi-game community centered around being a safe and positive place for gamers to gather, find groups, and to discuss anything they feel like to their heart's content. Uh, as we're all aware, Safe Gamers started originally as a Destiny clan, as the sister clan to the Dames. And since that beginning, we have grown into being able to cover multiple games and started the Alliance, which includes the Focus Fire chat for all things lore. We have the Omnic Lab community as a part of it. So if you love Overwatch, please check out the uh, the Discord for Safe Gamers, and you'll be able to find the Omnic Lab. It's a it's a podcast centered uh, community, uh, all about the strategy of Overwatch, and they they are some of the best people I have ever been able to game with in Overwatch. I mean, they they are simply amazing people over there. Um. Awesome. Thank you, Loki. Seriously, check it out. Safegamers.net is where you need to go. Links in chat for you. I just want to end this by thinking Blue and the people over at Focus Fire Chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you for for doing this special edition of the Focus Fire Chat podcast uh, and discussing the Ladies of Light, getting me back into the lore a little bit more. And I'm going to actually end this with a bit of dames lore of our own. So recently the dames have been in the process of rebranding. And while we're not ready to show our final form yet, we have come up with our new logo, which is hashtag space Lotus. So when I was researching the lore for the Lotus, I came around this as a symbol of rebirth. The Lotus was closely related to the imagery of funerary and the Osirian cult. The four sons of Horus were frequently shown standing in a lotus in front of Osiris. The Book of the Dead contains spells for transforming oneself into a lotus and thus fulfilling the promise of resurrection. So, if you want to see what Space Lotus looks like, check us out around GuardianCon. We're going to be releasing it then. So I hope to see you all there. And we're going to wrap up here. We're kind of running over because Rebecca's got to get on. So huge thank you to everybody in chat for all of your questions. This has been a great discussion. And check us out at GuardianCon.